And welcome back to Channel KRT Daddy Issues Edition. <laughs> I'm Tyler Green, currently wishing that all my friends didn't know the lowrider. I'm Mr. Electric. Send him to the principal's office, Quinn. <laughs> hey, it's me, George Lopez. You want to hear a dad joke, but only the kind of dad jokes you hear when you know you're in trouble? You've come uh. to the right place. <laughs> I'm Randy. Oh, God. All right, and joining us today, we have a very special guest. You know her from her wonderful YouTube video essays. You know her from her Twitter handle, at the Flower Gothic. Please welcome Julia Flower Gothic. Yay! Hello! Uh, Hello. Great to be here. <laughs> yeah, are it's so... great to have you, finally. Yeah. Welcome to our club. Welcome, welcome to, to our, our club. club. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sorry it was for this movie. <laughs> I feel like we all came into this expecting it to not be as nearly as an experience as we thought it was going to be. We are so sorry. I knew it was going to suck. I just didn't know it was going to suck this much. We are so sorry for putting you through George Lopez's dad humor. Can you ever forgive us? (laughs) I'll think about it. For anybody who wasn't born before 2009, once upon a time, there was a little thing called the Writer Strike Guild of 2007, and the studios decided to make all the movies and TV shows bad. Uh, uh. Because they don't want to pay writers fairly. Oh, don't forget the trashiest reality TV known to man. Huzzah, we gotta... Let's not forget that. And we got a sequel to that last year. Yay! That's why Big Brother Reindeer Games exists. (laughs) Oh, writers strike reality TV. You would put Jerry Springer to shame. And we also got a bunch of Canadian imports. Oh, yeah, because like they filmed this in Vancouver, right? Yeah, they had to. Yeah, I mean, obviously, because money. (laughs) (laughs) It's the 2000s. Send George Lopez to Canada again. So we're talking about the 2009 direct-to-DVD, but also technically aired on Nick at Night at one point movie, Mr. Troop Mom, which, you know how people used to joke online that Adam Sandler would make like certain movies just so he could go on vacation. That's basically what this movie reads to me. George Lopez just wanted to go on a fucking camping trip and he just roped in a bunch of fucking actors and Jane Lynch for some reason with him. So Hey kids, we're going to Canada. <laughs> I, I how, how did they get like Jane Lynch? Yeah, Jane Lynch is I still in don't this. get that. Because it was the 2000s. And this was a year after she was in Role Models, and she's basically playing the same character she played in Role Models on top of that. Just to add real quick, apparently this also aired on The Hub a few times. It did? Of course it did. The Hub? Yeah, the, the motherfucking My Little Pony itself Hub. Holy huh. shit. You know what's crazy? Step by Step also aired on The Hub. Wait, what's Step by Step? I don't know. <laughs> And Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV series, so... Fuck yeah. <laughs> but, like, both of those make a lot more sense than, like, Mr. Troop Mom. The hub where sitcoms go to die. Which is funny because this movie isn't even actually a Nickelodeon movie. It's a Warner Brothers movie that they aired on Nickelodeon, probably because brand recognition. Yeah, more specifically, uh, it was released under Warner Premiere, their direct-to-video label at the time, which in the past has put out some really interesting movies... Namely, The Dukes of Hazard: The Beginning, Return to the House on Haunted Hill, A Dennis the Menace Christmas, Another Cinderella Story, Get Smart's Bruce and Lloyd Out of Control. Wait, isn't Cinderella Story Disney? 
No, it's no, not. Uh, Cinderella story is Warner Brothers. It might be mistaken for being Disney because Hillary Duff's in it. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, I mean, you're right. She wasn't. I mean, it's a movie with Cinderella in the title and Hillary Duff is in it. I really can't blame anyone for thinking it's Disney. And it probably aired on Disney Channel. But they also put out movies like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Junior. Of course. Scooby-Doo, The Mystery Begins. Trick or Treat. Huh. Free Willy, Escape from Pirate's Cove. And The Christmas Story 2. Oh, oh no. my God. <laughs> That's oh, a very no. diverse repertoire that we have there. <laughs> well... <laughs> And it's funny because didn't they still have a kids channel by this point? Or they could have aired it on like HBO or something? Maybe? Perhaps? I'm not quite sure. Like, but Warner Bros. is like that big studio that doesn't really have like its own television channel to spam its shit on. So out of curiosity, before we decided to talk about it on the podcast, were you guys familiar with this movie by any chance? Nope. 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 <laughs> <laughs> really? So I'm the only one. I specifically remember when Nick at Night would like show George Lopez reruns incessantly all the goddamn time, in fact. Oh, I remember that. I, I remember yeah. that. Everybody, yeah. everybody who was a child in the 2000s remembers waking up at 5 a.m. in a cold sweat to all my friends. No, no the low But here's the thing. Does anybody remember the George Lopez show being good? No. I've no. literally never seen it. I, I was always like the good kid who never like woke up in the middle of the night. You're better off. To see like what was on Nick at Night. It was the show that I would only watch if there was absolutely nothing else on. And I absolutely didn't want to go outside because it's otherwise so forgettable. And the only episode I remember, ironically enough, is the Disneyland episode. And even then, I mostly just remember the gimmick of it the more than I remember the actual episode. Like, find the hidden Mickeys. Oh, yeah, where they would hide hidden Mickeys throughout the entire episode. Yeah. Tonight's episode isn't just about... About my first trip to Disneyland, it's also a contest where you can win $10,000. All you have to do is count every time you see this shape. Terms and conditions apply. George Lopez, it's like, I feel bad saying this because he seems like a perfectly nice guy, some of his comedy aside, and he doesn't seem like a bad person or anything, but he's just never made me laugh in anything. Well, except for Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I kind of liked him in that. I know everything, and you know nothing. At the end of class, both of you will report to the principal's office with your parents. Yeah, Shark Boy and Lava Girl was good. And Shark Boy and Lava Girl, though, he's like cast off to the side. So yeah, he gets to play a villain, which I feel like he's actually pretty decent at. Yeah, exactly. If you let him just go batshit crazy, he's actually really funny. But if you like, I, I don't know. I just in the dad roles, I constantly feel like I'm on the verge of being grounded. I feel like I'm in trouble. <laughs> It's basically what Bob Saget was forced to play for so many years. But even Bob Saget could kind of pull it off. There's shit everywhere! Damn it! There's shit on the windows! My house is full of shit! Yeah, no. Like, George Lopez, you kind of just get the feeling that he hates being a family man entirely. Yeah. And that's, like, very evident on the George Lopez show because... There were a lot of times on that show where it seemed pretty clear that he hated his kids, mostly the daughter in universe. And 
and the fucking mom is always joking about abusing him as a child. It's just, it's just miserable. The mom always joked about abusing him. Like George Lopez always continued the cycle because he would always like treat his daughter like shit in like very misogynistic ways. Generational trauma. The sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> this show needed a Kevin can go fuck himself style show. This show needed therapy. <laughs> like, like, like real you, intensive. Not, not even therapy. like just the actors. The entire show. To to go on a bit of a tangent here, there are two, like, really specific examples I can think of where George Lopez is just, like, a shit-tier dad who never fucking learns anything. Uh, So, the first episode, the fucking George W. Bush episode. What? Oh, God. Hold on. I mean, it was a 2000s episode. Every, like, popular sitcom needed at least one appearance from someone from the first family. That episode yeah. was basically, what if the King of the Hill episode involving Bush, but it sucked, and Hank Hill basically just kept kissing up to Bush? Like It ugh. really is, because, you know, the gist of that episode is that, you know, like, George's daughter is, like, a firm leftist, and she is, like, really against the idea of her dad, like, kissing his ass, you know, when he visits what? his job and everything. No shit. Yeah, so she goes to protest at his job, she gets caught, she gets grounded, and... Like, nothing really comes of it. George doesn't learn anything. He just keeps doubling down the whole time. And, like, both him and the mom keep saying, you know, you really deserve this for, you know, speaking your morals and standing your ground, honey. And they don't fucking learn anything from it. Is that actually George W. Bush? That sounds like an American Dad episode, not like a Nick sitcom. Were they afraid of getting the chicks if they ended up criticizing him? Like, come on. Here's what's funny. The main plot of that episode... George Lopez steals the president's speech. Hey, so uh, are we going to call getting canceled by right-wingers getting chicks now? Because I kind of like that. (laughs) I mean, that was basically the term for years. The chicks basically went through hell and back after they criticized Bush. So remember, kids, speaking out against oppression? Bad. Committing a federal crime? Good. And remember, uh, next time you get dogpiled by right-wingers on Twitter, you can just go, damn it, I've been chicked. We really do need to make that a thing. <laughs> and given how many people are getting blacklisted for supporting Palestine, we sure have learned, haven't we? Now that's uh, getting really chicked. Oh, God. So the other episode I wanted to shout out was, it was a later episode, but what happened was, like, his daughter was dating this really bad dude that he didn't want her to be around, and she would, like go behind his back and shit and uh going into something that happens later in this exact movie uh he reads his daughter's diary and finds out what's going on so he confronts her about it and when she's like you know what you can't stop me i'm going to do whatever i want he basically goes on to this whole fucking tirade about how she should just run away and he won't miss her if she does so oh god and that's manipulative as fuck and guess what she does she runs away and you know how everybody reacts his wife doesn't divorce him and tell him to get the fuck out of her house she literally says it wasn't his fault he was only trying to protect her just 2000 sitcoms therapy now you know, the more I learn about, like, 2000 sitcoms, the more I realize why most of them don't have, like, full-fledged nuclear families. Exactly. Because the ones that do are just, like, so fucked up, like the George Lopez show. 
It's like they were trying to capture the dysfunction of the Simpsons that we all love so much, and yet it forgot why we love that dysfunction so much. It's like you can make a show where the family is terrible if you're willing to actually criticize them, like Simpsons, married with children, etc. But it's like, it's very clear they were like, no, 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 this is good, actually. And it's just... The Simpsons makes it clear that that family sucks. <laughs> yeah, but they end up actually working through their shit. I feel like with sitcoms, it's like you have to wrap up that happy ending so fast. Whereas with The Simpsons, it's allowed to just at least stay cynical. Oh, the episode where his daughter yeah. runs away. That was a season finale. Oh, jeez. Uh... And then they open the next season with George facing literally no consequences for his daughter being on the streets. Again, his wife didn't kick him out. His friends didn't beat the shit out of him. They're just acting like he's the victim the entire goddamn time. And when they finally get her home, they virtually learn nothing. He keeps treating her like shit anyway. Worth noting, by the way, in George Lopez's new show, Lopez versus Lopez, they recently had sort of a cast reunion. Virtually everybody from that show, except the woman who played the daughter, did not show up. Hmm, shocker. <laughs> I wonder why. Imagine being such a shitty sitcom dad that the fucking cast cuts you off. <laughs> None of this was real and they still cut you off. Yeah, there's basically a handshake meme between the George Lopez show and Everybody Hates Chris being the top two shows on Nick at Night that glamorized child abuse and told you, no, this is good and funny, actually. Laugh, damn you. Laugh. Uh, yeah. And that's why they're on Nick at Night. Yay. You will never be Homer strangling Bart, no matter how hard you try. But was that funny? They don't even do that anymore, do they? No, nope, they don't. they stopped, because it's almost like times change, and it's good to realize, wow, maybe it's not woke propaganda, maybe it's just wanting to be a decent person. Mm -hmm. That dipshit who went on a rant on Twitter about how The Simpsons is conservative, that must have been their sole basis, just the Homer strangling Bart thing, you know? Which is weird, because they never frame him strangling Bart as a good thing ever. Pretty much everyone else is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Tell that guy to just go fucking watch Bent Key or whatever it's called. Oh, then. <laughs> oh, by the way, just so you know, learn from Spark. Do not get a subscription to that fucking shit just to hate watch it. They actively make it impossible for you to unsubscribe. You will be paying them monthly, like, forever. Yeah. Nothing That's... insidious about that. That does not sound legal. If it's right wing, it's a scam. That's all you need to know. Yeah. yeah. And this is why I don't hate watch unless there's absolutely a way to pirate. Thank you. Amen. Or unless it's on a normal streaming service. Exactly. Everybody's got name and address withheld. I'm not going to lie. I fucking hate name you. and address withheld. We have to keep these names private, by the way, because we don't want all the copyright snitches to hear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, on a slightly more lighthearted note, I gotta say that I sometimes feel bad about when I went through my phase where I thought Cartoon Network and Disney Channel and Nickelodeon were getting bad just because I wasn't into them, but... Are you really a millennial if you never had that phase? <laughs> I mean, I feel like we all had that phase. <laughs> the more I look at Nickelodeon during the late aughts, early 2010s, yeah, that was a bad time. Like, Spongebob was hitting its worst seasons. Fairly Odd Parents was starting to go downhill. There were some decent shows like Mighty Bee and Making Fiends, and I even like Back at the Barnyard, but as a whole... And motherfucking El Tigre. El oh, Tigre, yeah. Oh, yes, El Tigre! I fucking love El Tigre. Yes. 
<laughs> there were some good shows then, but overall, I can see why I fell off Nickelodeon hard around 2008, and this movie is why. Yeah. I do not blame you. Uh, and of course, I guess, even though it's technically not a Nickelodeon movie, it does qualify under Nickelodeon badly wants Disney Channel original movies of their own. It does have, like, the same vibe as those Disney Channel films. It really does, yeah. They were certainly trying. That I love that one of the first credits that opens this movie is a George Lopez Presents production. Yeah, it's like, I guess that's where they blew all their budget, getting George Lopez, Jane Lynch, and insert musical cameo later in the movie. Also, if you want to know what the key difference between Nick and Disney was, think about all the pop stars Disney turned out. Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, Zendaya, I could just go on and on and on. Who did Nickelodeon get? Ariana Grande. Nobody else. She wasn't even the protagonist in, like, her shows, except for, like, the very end. They didn't even really try with her. To a small degree, Drake Bell, but that's a heavy regret in hindsight to them, probably. (laughs) Yeah. I think everyone regrets working with Drake Bell. Agreed. Then again, currently look at what Ariana Grande is going through right now and tell me they don't regret it just a little bit. I'll say this about this movie. It's slightly better than a fairly odd movie, Grow Up Timmy Turner, but that's not saying much. Well, that's because a lot of things are better than a fairly odd movie, Grow Up Timmy Turner. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a very low bar to cross. Agreed. So this movie is directed by the director of Harry and the Hendersons, Angels in the Outfield, Wild America, and it's written by the guy who was in Karate Kid 3 and Cobra Kai. Hey, I like that! Oh, I like that, Johnny! I'm gonna use it! <laughs> so that explains why this feels so much like a goddamn rejected 90s movie script. So I yeah. see we've got a real stunning uh, crew here. <laughs> I feel like they just, like, hire, like, a random actor to, like, write the script for this. Like, hey, we're, we're in the middle of a writer's strike. Um, You want to write the script for Mr. Troop Mom? Come on, Hiya. scab for us, scab! <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, but only because it feels like an extended episode of George Lopez. <laughs> the 2000s. And apparently one of the cast members of this who plays the mean girl, Lane McNeil, she went on to play Patty in Diary of a Wimpy Kid, so... No, I don't think she was one of the mean girls. I think she was one of the protagonist girls. Oh, okay, okay. But, like, she was kind of a bitch in Diary of a Wimpy Kid, so... (laughs) (laughs) And she had the best cover of memory ever. Cut to Roger crying. So, how do we begin this movie? With, we have Hoku's perfect day at home. And don't forget, it's underscoring the very lovely shot of George Lopez's feet. (laughs) That's how the movie starts. It starts with George Lopez's feet, and I don't know why. So, it's here that we find out George Lopez is a lawyer, and we see him in action in the middle of figuring out a legal case in the courtroom, and... Woof. I have so many notes on that scene. First off, that is not how a jury duty can dress. Like, they would not be able to show up in that outfit. Also, uh, Johnny Cochran, he is not. What were they even defending the guy against? Well, from what I understood, it was like a personal injury case. I think what it was was that someone stage-dived and got hurt at this dude's concert. Yeah. And yes, he's a very stereotypical British rock star because that's how all rock stars are. Don't you know that? I owe you big time, Eddie. 
if there is ever anything, I mean anything you need. Yeah! yeah. Every rock star is British. And, and also, he has this assistant who apparently took eight times to pass the bar exam. My guy, at that point, just don't be a lawyer. Just give up at that point. Don't be a lawyer. Do, 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 do. Anyway, sorry. You heard of the dream team. This is the nightmare team. <laughs> <laughs> and also, this movie cannot decide on an arc for George Lopez. They can't decide if he's not a dad who's there enough for his daughter after his wife dies, or if he's actually a caring dad who just cares too much. And it's so bad either way. Uh, we have to do both. We have to make this a 90s and 2000s movie. Oh, and we have to make him a complete asshole to her, because why not? It's the 2000s! You know, we're gonna get into it much later, but he virtually has no character development in this. It's just one moment he's a stern asshole to his kid, treats her like shit, then the next he loves her and he's caring to her and all her friends. Just out of nowhere. Like, George Lopez, like, seemed like a better father to the other kids in the movie than, like, his own daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and also we get to see that delightful 2000s terrible fashion for children. Just Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. All uh, the belts. Raise your hand if you've ever been that friend who's who your friend's parents like better than your friend. <laughs> Let's yeah. see. So we got the main character, the normal girl, the preppy girl, and the goth girl. So basically no. every main girl group of the late 2000s figured out. The funny thing is she wasn't even really goth. She was more emo. And this is my favorite thing about like the way adults think emo kids were in the 2000s. Because like they're all hot topic out and they say shit like, pain and suffering we're all gonna die soon what's the point life is pain every kid i knew who dressed like that back then was like oh my god tacos i'm so random i love invader sim don't forget the cookie monster hoodie cookie monster hoodie come to the dark side we have cookies they were like <laughs> some of the fucking like most hyperactive people i've ever known Exactly. Also, we forgot to mention how the courtroom scene ends because we basically get the running gag of George Lopez trying too hard to make a funny monologue. And one of these yeah. monologues involves him just jumping around the courtroom. It was that like a running gag or was it like just him trying to be funny? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> they were trying yeah. to Lionel Hutz the fuck out of him. I move for a bad court thingy. You mean a mistrial? Yeah. That's why you're the judge and I'm the law-talking guy. The lawyer. Right. <laughs> yeah, but the difference was Lionel Hutz was bad at his job. George Lopez is still bad at his job, but somehow it gets results. I don't know. He's probably been framed for perjury at least twice at this point. Something, something, the Chewbacca defense. Exactly. He does this whole thing where he gets on the tables in the courtroom and starts dancing around like an asshole, and I just really want him to fall and crack his skull open. First off, that shit would not fly in, like, an actual courtroom. What bugged me the most about this scene is, like, probably, like, the one thing, like, children probably wouldn't understand is that they treated it like a criminal case when it's civil. While the girls are competing with the other team, which are called the Wasps because, get it, they're uh. rich and white. Uh. But anyway, then they randomly have the daughter get an asthma attack. And it's just never brought up again in the rest of the movie. Okay. <laughs> Wait, no, I thought what it was was that the daughter gets sprayed by a hose and she falls off the uh the, the, the rafter. 
very oh, right, dramatically. Right. Like they use slow-mo and everything. This very dramatic scene that basically builds up. She's going to have like this injury for the rest of the movie. No, she literally just bangs her fucking elbow. Yeah. <laughs> she walks out of the emergency room and, and she's like holding her elbow, like rubbing it. And that's it. No, that was so fun. The fucking dramatic cell phone dropping to the ground scene. Like I watch a fucking ER or something. God, yeah. I'm just saying, it would have been a very ballsy move. I know they wouldn't have done this, but it would have been a very ballsy move if they just killed her off right then and there. I know! (laughs) Also, if you have never had severe tummy hurty disease, you have no right to talk about sort of shoulder hurty disease. Exactly! Yeah, true. (laughs) Wait. Also, the Asian nanny... Huh. Did they even establish that, like, she was the nanny? Did they even, like, say that? At first, I just assumed she was just George Lopez's mistress. Oh. Same. Like, like, at the start, I thought she was, like, the girlfriend. I thought she yeah. was, like, a stepmom or something. But, like, come on. Would it be a 2000s movie without the racist Asian stereotypes? I wouldn't use parliament. You tell them, Guai Zhang. No more big government. <laughs> So this movie hits all the obvious 90s, early 2000s tropes. The absentee dad who's late to his daughter's event, the dead mom, the girl group, and the racism. Yay! Are we sure this wasn't written in the 90s? This is from 2009. Keep that in mind. And I feel bad because she's actually a pretty good actress. Her name is Catalina Thai, and she was also in Save before this. And I feel so bad that she's being forced to do this shit. Honestly, you know what? Every Asian actor in the 2000s deserved better. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. And so then we get into a really delightful bit where George Lopez yells at his daughter for having the nanny do her homework and just... No, so what does it matter that someone else is doing her homework? The school's not gonna know. It's like, yeah, she's gotta learn, but it's like, there's better ways to go about this, dude. Maybe get her a tutor or something. Is this a groundable offense? Yes, but, like, no air? Could he have done it better? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He jokes about punishing his daughter by suffocating her, which, you know, that is Uh, something that actually did happen on George Lopez, so... Our hero, everybody. And if that doesn't make it any worse, he directly moves into an anecdote about his dad beating him. Can you believe those kids? If I talk to my dad like that, bam! I'd be in critical condition. Life support! Uh, (laughs) Fucking kill me. Play Uh, for laughs. Play for laughs. It was so awkward and uncomfortable. The joke was so bad that the person at the door went into labor immediately afterwards. Yeah, okay. How <laughs> are they having her be the troop mom when she was late-term pregnant? Like, Yeah, nine months pregnant. Nine months pregnant, gonna pop like any minute now. <laughs> yeah, God. Which she clearly did, she popped. And then they end up saying she basically gave birth to the baby in the house, which... Yeah, George what? Lopez says that she gives birth to a 50-pound baby, which... I don't know if that was supposed to be a joke, but how a 50-pound baby? You never heard about the new George Lopez midwife business? (laughs) (laughs) It's supposed to be really good for development between mother and child. I will say, having that scene end on George Lopez getting his hand crushed by a pregnant woman directly after making a child abuse joke. And a fat joke. 10 out of 10. One of the very few times I laughed in this movie. Just... Yeah, the only scenes I laughed at in this movie is when George Lopez is just going through very traumatic pain. Yeah, same, because he deserved it. So, if the theory is true, and that, you know, a fully developed fetus is essentially just a mech pilot for the mother, 
Was that the child abusing him? And they still have to have the nanny come along with them because they still need a female chaperone. And to be fair, they do explain later on that she just isn't interested in being the troop mom. But it's like, then what's the point of bringing her? Because this movie needs more racist Asian jokes. Uh... Yeah! We need to maximize her racism counter. And then when they arrive, for some reason, not just one, but two of the women there are attracted to George Lopez. Why? Yeah, one of them being dollar store Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Who just so happens to be the mom of the mean girl. And, like, her interactions with Lopez, like, I thought, oh, did they date before? Like, what? why is this very uncomfortable flirting going on? This isn't flirting. This is sexual harassment. He, he, he needs to, like, call the police, dude. It's funny when it happens to men. Please laugh. Listen, George Lopez's character may be a massive piece of shit, but he doesn't deserve that. The two. Just hit him in the nuts with a log again. That'll be funny. The revenge (laughs) that he got on her later was kind of satisfying. Yeah. But anyway, when he meets the woman who's signing everybody in, there's a scene where he basically lies about how much camping experience he has. And it's like, I was 18 months old. My parents left me in the woods. I And it's like, this is going on way longer than it needs to. So much monologuing. Like, I get it. George Lopez is a comedian and he's, I guess, OK at improv. But a lot of these jokes just go on way too long. It feels like he's just trying way too hard. I got more of the vibe that he was just, like, trying to stretch everything out as much as possible to, like, max out his paycheck. I think, if honestly, if they just went by the script, this movie would probably be 30 minutes long. Yeah, they could have easily made this, like, a 45-minute movie with commercials, and it would have been fine. But no, we have to drag it out. I, I think fine is kind of stretching it. It still would have been terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah it would have. It been just would have been better. It would have been less torturous. <laughs> Agreed. And so... When we get to the only actor in this movie who completely understands the assignment, Jane Lynch. Fucking love Jane Lynch in this movie. Yeah, oh. she was good. She was like the one good adult character here. Yeah, she- literally fucking like Arlie Ermey in Full Metal Jacket, but in a children's camp. I love it. Whatever your ulterior motives, Mr. Serrano, I guarantee that when you leave my mountain, you will be a changed Man. You had best unfuck yourself or I will unscrew your head and shit down your neck. And serving mother. Yep, and she's basically playing her same character from role models, like I said, but she's having fun with it very clearly. Oh, by the way, this came out the same year that Glee started. Oh my god. This was just the year of Jane Lynch. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I forgot to mention too, uh, so George Lopez closes out his camping monologue with Wanna know my Indian name? Oh, uh, God. Uh, this movie wasn't uh, racist uh, enough. You see, kids, it's not just white people who can be racist. I absolutely love the running gag, though, that Shane Lynch has with the stuffed bear, where she just treats it like her own child. I want what Jane Lynch and Lula have, quite frankly. Yeah. She treats it less like her child and more like her lover sometimes. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm watching the Baldur's Gate trailer. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This was like one of those movies where it was so dull, I couldn't follow it. <laughs> also, they make a joke where they're like, is George Lopez's character from OSHA? It's like, well, he probably should be disqualified if he doesn't even know how to dress like a fucking camper. Exactly. Like he was wearing his fucking loafers in the dirt. He was just, ah. Uh. There's this whole joke about how he doesn't know how to pitch a tent, you know? 
Ah, the, the man can't do the man thing. Ha ah. ah, erectile dysfunction joke. And then also, I'd say that he's the only one who doesn't know how to go camping, but neither do these girls who have been apparently camping for years, apparently, because they're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to leave our map in the bathroom. Exactly. And they're not dressed for camping at all. So it's like, enjoy the fucking ticks. Yeah, no, they're still wearing their Hot Topic outfits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their Hot and- Topic and... Abercrombie and Fitch. And the wasps are wearing this outfit with like a million belts. So it's like all of y'all are going to fucking attract like a bear or something and get mauled. Enjoy. One of those wasps have like pink extensions. Yeah, which I was a little confused how her hair was working. Like, how was she able to pin it up like that and have those extensions all out? Uh, I I don't know. When it came to like doing your hair in middle school in the 2000s, it was kind of like anything's possible. True, true. But like, were they in middle school? Are they early high school? They're, 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 uh, they're, uh, look, it's George Lopez. <laughs> These are child actors, but they're actually getting close to their teens. It's, uh. How do you do, fellow kids? They make a really dumb joke when George Lopez gets to the top of the mountain. It's like, hey, look, I can see Russia from here. Jump, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Russia from up here and Ukraine. Uh oh! <laughs> did it like immediately follow with George Lopez getting hurt again? Yeah, it does. It follows through with him literally falling off of the mountain and into like a thing of mud. A very common trope in this movie. The majority of the main cast of this film gets flung face first in the mud a lot in this piece of shit. Yeah, they they do that like a lot to a point where I'm like really suspicious of whoever is coordinating these. I think you have a thing for it, and I feel like I need to call the police. That and a slime. Mm-hmm. Just just uh, like substances in general. If, if there's anything I know about who was in charge of kids' movies in the 2000s, I feel like I need to call the police right now. Also, it randomly turns into one of the community paintball episodes at one point because these two fucking kids just randomly show up doing paintball to random people. Why? They were paintballs, though. They were slime balls. Hi, yes. Uh, Jim Rash, save us. also i don't know why but everything about the scene felt like they were trying to rip off the forest scenes from return of the jedi especially in the way (laughs) they were dressed i i wouldn't be surprised if they actually like went to the redwoods to do this shit oh wait nope you strike that's right a bunch of cannibalistic teddy bears show up and eat them the end (laughs) thank god or even better, they actually trespassed onto private property. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's also this thing, too, where it turns out this is next door to, like, a paintball camp or something, and George Lopez gets shot by a paintball, which leads to one of the girls getting a crush on the, the preteen paintballer boy. But that's never resolved. Oh, no, George, you're on a hunting reserve. And Dick Cheney's out hunting deer. Run! Sorry, I thought you were a deer. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out this is the Hunger Games. There we go. (laughs) Honestly, this movie would be a lot funnier if we just, like, put these characters into the Hunger Games. We should just redo all the Hunger Games movies, but have George Lopez as Katniss. (laughs) <laughs> that or have it turn into a Friday movie halfway through. Jason just shows up and stabs them all. You know what? No, if anything, George Lopez deserves the starving games. There we go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, remember that piece of shit? Oh, God. Oh, God. Diedrich Bader was in that? 
Oh, God. Oh, by the way, raise your hand if you remember Vampires Suck. Uh, I remember yep. seeing that so vividly. That Some of the jokes have not left me ever. Raise that your movie. hand if you spent your teen years in the Twilight hate dumb and thought that was the greatest thing ever made. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that movie once. Once. Uh, anyway, so there's also a bit where George decides to call his assistant and try to get him to bring all the stuff uh, using the emergency phone. So how the fuck would he know he was calling from there? Oh, but Kit, when he uses the emergency phone, he goes on another monologue to say he's calling his grandma who's sick. Yeah, and that goes on way too fucking long. It's like, did it need to drag on for almost three minutes? And like, person who called him, like, obviously isn't buying his shit. Yeah, she literally says, do you ever stop? Same girl, same. Yep. Which, by the way, let's talk about their supposed relationship that they have going on here. Oh, yeah, because she's like the alleged love interest, isn't she? Yeah. No chemistry whatsoever. In this movie, George Lopez is just this arrogant fucking asshole who clearly doesn't want to be here until the plot tells him, oh, yeah, I have to love my daughter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he reads his daughter's diary and that makes him decide to be a good dad for a little bit. Yep. Yeah, no, because what happens is he sees the uh, mean girls reading his daughter's diary. Which, how did they even get that? I guess they broke in or something? I don't know. Uh, uh the, the di- magic diary magnets. It was in the bathroom next to the map. <laughs> Although before that, we have a scene where he's basically being a father to the other girls and helps one of the girls get all the gum out of her hair. Oh yeah, the gum that stuck in her very, very obvious wig. And like he covers the goth girl. Yep. Yeah, no, like and- this girl's hair, like, you know, the whole time is like this straight hair that's totally clean. The moment she gets her hair stuck in gum, it's like the most disheveled wig you've ever seen yep obviously like party city and and, and then he fucking cuts her hair and like it actually looks really good yeah he Mm -hmm. cuts her hair without her consent he's like here we need to do this and she looks totally horrified but later she likes it so like i feel like we just need to have like a crime counter for like every illegal thing george lopez does in this movie (laughs) agreed and also during the scene where the assistant is trying to sneak on the campus and give him all the stuff you hear dogs barking but you never actually see dogs they just they couldn't afford animals for this movie they could afford the stuffed bear but they couldn't afford any real animals you couldn't afford even just like one dog they couldn't even afford stock footage of a dog running after them that's sad they spent all that money trying to make george lopez monologue yeah uh we spent the dog budget again damn it (laughs) fucking george lopez then when it does cut to the diary scene what's so annoying about that scene is that like that he's like hey this is private then he immediately proceeds to read it it's like at the least make a joke out of it that he's being a terrible dad come on yeah, like, it, yeah. that was supposed to be, like, a sentimental scene, I think. But, like, no, he's just being a fucking hypocrite. It's another scene where George Lopez, like, looks all sad to the camera that his daughter doesn't like him, which, good on his daughter, she's totally right. This movie cannot decide if it wants to be a wacky comedy or if it wants to be a drama about a father and daughter grieving their mom. It's, ugh. And, like, I sympathize so much more with the daughter. 
Did you mean like every family movie in the 2000s ever? You can't decide if it wants to be a comedy or deep? It's like this movie can't decide if it wants to be the great outdoors or sisterhood of the traveling pants. Make up your mind. It very much has like the game plan vibes to it. I gotta say, guys, this is a really, really, really fucking weak bushwhacked remake. <laughs> Wait, Kit, don't you mean Sisterhood of the Traveling Lowriders? I mean, the goth girl was reminding me a lot of Tibby on top of everything else, so... <laughs> I, I, I love how, like, her way of self-comfort for fear is just all these fucked up things. Climb to the fucking top of the rope course, because somehow she got herself up there. And is terrified. And it's supposed to be like a character arc because she got scared by the hose and got her elbow hurt and now she's afraid of heights. It's what fucking arc is supposed to be here? It's You fell from a fucking bleacher. <laughs> and you only like hit your elbow. You still have like full functionality in it. You don't understand. She was a victim of one of the worst injuries known to man shoulder kind of hurdy disease have you ever been through a shoulder kind of hurdy disease then you know nothing of what she went through and also we got to talk about the soundtrack in this movie they didn't just have everything at home they made it out of like popsicle sticks and a cd player and iMovie player like they it definitely sounded like hey can we afford a real levine for this movie oh no we, we spent the Avril Lavigne money on George Lopez monologuing again, so, uh... uh Alright, here's my daughter's iPod. Just look for the bands that are the cheapest. And where George Lopez is walking in in his actual camping outfit, and there's a stupid song playing behind him, I'm so hot, I'm so hot, I'm so hot. <laughs> it's like, okay, you're not even trying Hit, You did point. a really good cover of that, I'm not gonna lie. Next time we have a slow-mo walking shot, we're just gonna play you going, I'm so hot, I'm so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm honored. <laughs> I shazammed like the first song in that movie and I got zip. Yeah, it's so dumb. And also, they have this whole bit where they're trying to run with buckets of water, and I felt kind of bad for laughing at the kid who fell. It was like, <laughs> it was... like, also, first of all, that scene like made me understand why Jane Lynch was so paranoid about OSHA coming to her. Because, yeah. like, no actual camp would, like, have that risky of an obstacle course. Chris McLean ran a safer campground than this. Exactly. Where the fuck is this campground located? New Jersey? It's on Action Park's property. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You twisted your ankle. Count your blessings and be glad you didn't get shoulder kind of hurdy disease. <laughs> Total drama Nickelodeon George Lopez, There's I don't know. There's nothing in the world like Mr. Troop Mom. <laughs> like, it's amazing that later on in the climax, when they're actually climbing the obstacle course that's elevated, that they actually have fucking harnesses. Oh yeah, and earlier, the, yeah. one of the mean girls was like, you fall off of that, you go splat like a watermelon. No, don't, you have harnesses. Oh. And during the scene where they're doing canoe volleyball, suddenly baby Amber Tamlin is like, I can't swim. Then how are you a camper? How are you a camper? How have you been able to camp for four years without not learning how to swim? You're wearing a life jacket. You don't have to swim. You just got uh, a canoe. Yeah, that's just yeah. thing. George Lopez isn't wearing a fucking life jacket. And when dollar store Jennifer Coolidge hits him in the face with the thing and he falls into it, he could have drowned, which good for her. And nothing of value was lost. The whole scene with the daughter on the whole elevated obstacle course, you know, I get that it was supposed to be a touching moment because George Lopez is a gentle dad now, I guess. I don't know. But 
why did she feel so compelled to climb up it all of a sudden? It's so dumb. This I will say this about this movie. It actually does look like it was shot on location somewhere because it doesn't feel like they put in a bunch of fucking green screen or something. But like, again, that's where most of the budget went. Well, I mean, it was in like Vancouver and that's like yeah. a lot of like natural wooded areas there. I can kind of explain that psychological phenomenon. Have you ever like chickened out of something and then you go back home and you're like, oh, I wish I did that thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's me. Anytime I've never gone on a Disney ride and it closed before I ever got a chance to. (sighs) My last trip to New York City, my mom asked if we if I wanted to go to the top of the World Trade Center. Oh, I said no, because I was sick of elevators by that point. Because our hotel was like on the 40th floor or something. And then we went home and I was like, I wish I went to the top of that damn thing. Yep. (laughs) But, you know, at the same time, I do get the daughter's frustration and her fear. Because have you guys actually been on one of those obstacle courses? Yeah. Yeah. They built one near where I used to live. And it looks like the easiest way to either get a bunch of splinters or break your neck. Yeah, I could never do something like that, even with the harness. You can either break your skin or break your bones. <laughs> I have done uh, harness rock climbing before, and it's like, yeah, when you're up that high with like what you feel like is no protection, it's a little bit like scary. But then you like actually like jump down with the harness, and you're like, oh, that this is kind of fun, actually. <laughs> well, one of my coworkers was talking about like, hey, you know, we should like our team like all get together and like do one of like you know the obstacle courses. We used to do that like you know quite a bit, but then COVID happened. Uh, I was like, oh boy, you know what? Sure, why not? <laughs> I know yeah. at Animal Kingdom uh, at Disney World they have one of those like rope bridges. And you're harnessed, and um, you're walking across this high rope bridge. Right below you are all the Nile crocodiles. <laughs> yep. That looks terrifying in the best possible way. And so because this movie needs a scene where they prank the other team, they somehow manage to grab the stuffed bear and shove it into the cabin. Because. Because. Yeah, because. Well, we forgot to mention the build-up to that, because there's the scene with George Lopez and the other mom where he's like, you know... You know, I'm just not interested in you. And she just fucking flips, which yeah. of course leads to the scene where she hits him in the face. Uh, what? Who does she think she is? A man? Yeah. Uh, and they also make so many stupid jokes where like, oh, he accidentally calls Jane Lynch a man. And he makes a joke about Diet Jennifer Coolidge's facial hair. It's so fucking dumb. I know George it really sounded like George Lopez had like a think about like being domed yeah like with his interactions with Jane Lynch like dude she's very clearly a lesbian she has no interest in you (laughs) this is a family movie by the way jokes about BDSM and erectile dysfunction oh yeah the 2000s I will say the scene where George Lopez makes it look like the bear is like trying to get in through the window is actually really fucking great that was pretty funny. And of course it leads to the mom lying face first in the mud, you know, somebody's fetish. Leave her there. Uh, there we go. You know what? That was warranted. I mean, most of the adults here deserve to die. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they have a whole scene where they sneak into the cafeteria to get ice cream, and that's where George Lopez's daughter finds out that he basically stole her diary, and she's rightfully pissed. Wow, sweetie, this is so great. This was definitely worth reading your diary. That's literally what happens. (laughs) 
You're not yeah. going to believe how she finds out because he was a fucking dumbass <laughs> and revealed, oh, yeah, you know, because I read in your diary that you were calling me Bozo the Clown. and Bozo was a very common clown name. It's, ugh. So Dude. I, yeah. Because kids definitely compare their parents to Bozo the Clown, you know, a clown from the 1950s. Every child gives their parent a clown sona. I will say, if anything gave me some joy in this movie, I loved Lula's little getup. That was adorable. Oh, yeah. Like, that her little chef hat and sunglasses. That was adorable. Oh, I mean, I'm kind of jumping ahead. You know, the mom comes in, she films them with the bear. Uh, I'm going to report this. Is this a 2000s movie if we do not have a food fight? And they even sing food fight, food fight, food fight behind it. It's like... It's like this wannabe, like, alt-pop song that's just, like, the words food fight over and over again. I'm convinced that whoever was the music director for this movie just went into, like, a basic stock fucking instrumental library and just told singers, whoever was there, yeah, just just sing whatever's relevant to the topic. Just go nuts. Just, I'm not putting effort into this. You shouldn't either. But, like, side note, have any of y'all, like, actually been in a food fight before? I have witnessed a food fight in elementary school. It was relegated to one table, lasted all but five seconds until a teacher came and started yelling at them. Yeah. I missed the real meat of it. All I saw was kids with food on their face. So uh, food fights in real life are really kind of boring. Yeah. I wasn't a victim of a food fight, but I was a victim of these two girls who randomly got into a fist fight in the middle of the cafeteria. Oh, no. And oh. They threw an applesauce at each other and I got hit with it. So oh, oh, no. that, that, that is the true American experience. Witnessing a fist fight. Yeah. Yeah. Where well, I went to school, there memory. were fist fights like every couple months. Oh, God. Same, same. <laughs> At my high school, there was like a bomb threat every other week. Oh. Oh, God. I'm so yeah. sorry. No, here's the thing. It was because the first time it happened, we all got dismissed. So then kids started getting the idea, oh, we can end class early if we just write a bomb threat in the bathroom. Second time it happened, we all got sent outside and sent back. But by the like third or fourth time it happened, they didn't even bother telling us. They just send the dogs and just be like, all right, let's go through the motions. I keep forgetting how alarming that is to say so casually. My school just regularly got bomb threats. <laughs> no, no, it's not a bomb. It's a turkey. Of course, the Asian lady has to do kung fu because... No, every Asian person knows kung fu. That's... uh. uh... That's a very well-known fact of the 2000s. Yeah. I hope that actress got paid well for this, because good God. Uh, I really hope she's doing a lot better now. Agreed. What's she in now? I think she was in Man of Steel, last I checked. Oh, well, they put her in Man of Steel. Oh, sweetie. That's not as bad, let's be real. Well, I mean, yeah. At least Zack Snyder isn't racist, <laughs> as far as we know. Zack Snyder just seems like the most normal, cool guy with the worst, most rabid fan base. Exactly. I don't know why they think he's like this alt-right Chad, because every time I hear him talk in interviews, he's like the most normal guy. Like, I have some issues with how some of his politics are a little Randian, but otherwise, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Okay, so most recently she was in the show Lucky Hank with Bob Odenkirk. So, yeah, she's doing good. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, she got a show is Saul. On a side note, if Saul Goodman was in this movie, it would be a lot better. Yes. Really yeah. would. See, I would love to see Saul Goodman as a troop mom. Exactly. <laughs> 
But anyway, so then we get the whole scene where we think, uh-oh, they're going to be kicked off the campus, and it's so sad. It's, uh No, only George Lopez gets kicked off, which, good. Good. Yeah, he, he absolutely deserved it. <laughs> Those girls will be probably fine. They'll have, like, a chaperone, and they'll win the competition. There's, like, there's no stakes here. Hey, they're letting yeah. the nanny stay anyway. She seems nice. And then they try to have a heartfelt scene with him and his love interest where she's like, oh, yeah, I also lost my mom. And then we had a conversation about it. And he's all, oh, yeah. And it's like, this scene might work if this movie actually fucking earned it. Oh, my God. All I got to do is talk to my daughter about her dead mom. I didn't oh. think about that. Again, it's like you can make this work if you actually know how to balance it, for God's sake. Balance? What's balance? We need more three-minute George Lopez monologues. <laughs> we lost all the balance money on George Lopez monologue aid. Like, I want to respect the fact that they actually do do something, i.e. the dead mom, and don't just brush it off for, like, fodder. But it's like, come on. Like, yeah. It's like, if you're gonna handle grief in a movie, don't do it in a movie where people are constantly falling in the mud. Yeah. And George Lopez is constantly monologuing. Exactly. About how he was first, he was abandoned in the wilderness when he was five months old and was <laughs> raised by cheetahs or whatever. Yeah. I have erectile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> also, now that you mention it, when Jane Lynch was starting to rub the bear's chest, I was like, ah, she's getting a little too into this. Baldur's Gate moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, what gets the girls in trouble is not that they have a food fight. But their food fight ambushes Lula the bear. <sighs> I mean, I get why she was upset. Like, that that bear was absolutely taxidermied. Oh, yeah. I do yeah. Think that shit's going to be so expensive. Oh, yeah. I do love that she gives the bear, like, little bandages. That was cute. <laughs> so then we get to the final competition. And then during it, there's a scene where we get somewhat of a conclusion to the paintball arc where they just slime the mom. It's like... You can tell they wanted that to be Nickelodeon slime so bad. You forgot how George Lopez reconciled with his daughter. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, we're going to sit together and talk about how much you miss your mom. It was like, this is how I met your mom. She was selling <laughs> con candy. I kept going to get the con candy. This movie's probably better than the How I Met Your Mother finale. Let's be real. Oh, no. She's going to be sitting there for nine seasons. Get her out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he really met your mother. You know, those poor kids have been sitting on that couch for eight years. Someone should really... Ah! So anyway, I had no Riz, so instead of asking your mom to dance, I just asked if I could sit with her, and that was it. <laughs> George Lopez and the mom definitely fought to that song. Yeah. George Lopez sounded completely like... He sounded like he was making up the cotton candy story out of his ass. Absolutely. Absolutely. If, you, if cotton candy is your best memory of your wife, you probably didn't have a good relationship with her. I'm sorry. Also, the radio he used to play the song they stole out of the kitchen because I guess he just doesn't have his own radio. Sure. Add that to the uh, crime counter. Fucking Jane Lynch thinks it's like a rat in there. Also, I've already decided based on her monologue about surviving in the desert for five months. Uh, she's a Desert Storm veteran, isn't she? She was great. I was going to say, when the mom probably died, as soon as she got to heaven, she asked herself, is this it? Am I free? And then she hears a booming voice. Yes, he's gone. <laughs> 
Uh, finally, sweet relief. Another thing I forgot to mention, also George Lopez takes all the girls' phones, but they still have a television in the cabin, and also this girl is literally begging. It's like, you're gonna keep their phones from them if there's an emergency? Go fuck yourself. In all fairness, the reason she was begging for her cell phone was because she was thirsting over that dude she forgot about five seconds later. Yeah, fair. (laughs) And so then we get a conclusion to the paintball arc because somebody badly wanted to see Diet Jennifer Coolidge covered in slime. (laughs) Yeah, so what happens here is that they find out that she's working with the paintball kids and bribing them. So they go to the paintball kids and basically threaten them by... You know, saying, hey, you know, give us your outfits or we'll kick your ass. So they don't threaten to kick their ass. They threaten to fucking like arrest them because, I mean, these guys clearly know the law. And I guess they did something illegal. But like they're fucking minors. They're minors. (laughs) Yeah. You can't charge them as an adult for a petty crime. Not only does this movie randomly rip off Star Wars. At one point, George Lopez also quotes Scarface. Why? reasons yeah so i'm just assuming after they took the outfits they just beat the shit out of the kids anyway yeah Yeah. (sighs) and so then they randomly add in a scene where the girls decide let's finish the competition together because the mean girl admits to her oh i never had a dad and i was so jealous of you and your dad it's like both of your parents suck and this is not earned is it just me or did every bully character of the 2000s have like issues with at least one of their parents yeah yeah the mean girl was talking about like you know she's still my mom but i love her cut to the mom screaming about how she better win an award or she'll disown her or something like that (laughs) i don't know she she definitely needs to cut the mom off (laughs) 2000s kids were so wild because they'd be like yeah they're not perfect but they're my parent and i love them and the parent would be like so help me god you better win that thing or i am going to send your ass pack into kuwait It's okay. Nick at Night told me this behavior wasn't toxic. If you want to see this actually done well, just watch As Told by Ginger. They actually do it well there. Or Gravity Falls or something. Or Hey Arnold. Yeah. Yeah, see, ah, well, they're weird, but I still love them. They're my parents. Only works if the parents are just, like, weird people. (laughs) Or willing to learn, at least. George Lopez in this movie does not learn. And so then they both win the competition, even though the mean girl literally was going to leave her to die in the woods earlier. But but it's okay, because she has daddy issues. You know what would have been funny? When the other girl is, like, holding on and she's asking the daughter for help, the daughter just goes, like a watermelon, and stomps on her hand and she falls. I know! No, you gotta do it like the Lion King. Stick the nails in her hands like a watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) Cut the George Lopez wiping a tear from his eye. I'm so proud. Yep. And guess how this movie ends? With the Naked Brothers Band. A.K.A. Nickelodeon's version of the Jonas Brothers. 2000 and oh god, it's the Boston Marathon Bomber Run. (laughs) Alex Wolf should have gone hereditary on that entire group. The end. (laughs) All right, so we got the Boston Bomber, and we got the older brother from Hereditary. <sighs> so for those upset that the Naked Brothers Band didn't win that one Christmas poll, you're welcome, guys. <laughs> there, we did the Naked Brothers Band movie. You happy? And the best part, the Naked Brothers Band cameo, that was like a brick joke, wasn't it? Because like when George Lopez was defending like the venue owners in that trial scene, that was apparently a criminal case, even though it was supposed to be a civil case, they were like, oh, 
Thank you so much. We'll do anything for you, George Lopez. And so he gets them to bring the Mega Brothers fan to the camp. So what you're saying is this entire movie is just George Lopez being a Mary Sue. <laughs> yep. Yes, pretty much. Yes. Also, the assistant not only wins the case, but also somehow gets Jane Lynch to sort of kind of fall for him it's again she's gay dude just let it go what is with directors and putting this obvious lesbian with like tiny men (laughs) the only time it worked is wreck it ralph the end because it was animated exactly it wasn't jane lynch like falling in love with the dude it was jane lynch's animated character it was jane lynch's avatar yeah. And then it ends with George Lopez and Naomi sitting together at the beach with cotton candy. Yay. Yay! Yeah, I just realized we've never actually said these characters' names. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, George Lopez is just playing himself. So. She's the girl from Anger Management. That's what her, that's what she is. Oh God! So she went from George Lopez to Charlie Sheen. That's worse. Oh God! Why? <laughs> I mean, at least she had a Shawnee Smith, but still Charlie Sheen. Uh... At least one of those kids got to be in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Arguably, some of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. No. Also, the credits play a Naked Brothers Band song, which it's like, why didn't you just get them to do the soundtrack? Just make this a Naked Brothers Band movie. Save all our asses. Yeah, but, you know, they wasted all of the Naked Brothers Band money on trying to get George Lopez to monologue. There we go. <laughs> George, you, you know, the more you talk, the more money we lose, right? I know. <laughs> That's all right. Just take it out of the dog budget. <laughs> My name is Mr. Electric. You got it? <laughs> So, goes without saying, but throw this movie into a fucking campfire. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say this is the worst thing I've watched for this podcast, because at least the acting was kind of decent, but man, as a whole, this was just such a waste of time. I can't even see kids enjoying this, to be honest. It's just so boring. I'll do you one better. Push the tapes face first down into the mud. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Push it first out into the mud and bring it to therapy. Drown it in slime. This was just painful and dull and dull and painful and ugh. Don't forget painful and dull, Randy. I should also mention it's dull and painful, just to make sure I'm covering all my bases. Nickelodeon in the late aughts, everybody. Again, please just pay the fucking writers. (sighs) See what happens when you don't pay your writers? See what happens when you get the Karate Kid actors to write? Yep. <laughs> At least that guy now had Cobra Kai to his name. Good for him. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. So, Julia, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, of course. This was this was so fun. It was so much fun yeah. having you. Absolutely, yeah. So, is there anything you want to plug? Um. Well, um, I have a youtube channel it's called flower gothic i post video essays on there right now i've been doing a lot of media analysis next video is going to be about a film that was made by a turf a bad film that was made by a turf oh god which harry potter is it <laughs> <laughs> just kidding just kidding rowling <laughs> ruffle rowl ah jk simmons pleasure to meet you love you and lady killers <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can also like follow me on Facebook at the Flower Gothic, Instagram at Flower Gothic. I'm mostly on Twitter though, unfortunately. So, ah, uh, you'll be free one day. <laughs> I know. 
I'm sort of free from Twitter. I still occasionally check it, but I want to leave for good, so I'm not going to plug it. Um, I'm on Blue Sky, Mission Breakout, Muppet Vision 3D, Letterboxd. Uh, you can find me Mission Breakout on Discord, and you can and you can find me hounding Robert Rodriguez to make Shark Boy and Lava Girl too. Well, get rid of the girl who plays Lava Girl because she's a crazy person now. But yeah, yeah, she literally cheered on the uh, the dismantlement of. Roe versus Wade, so and she's a Trump supporter too. So oh, she is. Yeah, yeah. She's married to the guy from Big Time Rush, who's also a Trump supporter. So yeah. Oh no, you're getting her confused with <sighs> Alexa Vega. That's, that's oh Alexa kid. Vega, but yeah. Ugh. Taylor Dooley was Lava Girl. She yeah. she posted a rant on Instagram a while back about how you know Roe versus Wade dismantling is actually really good. Yeah. At this point, I went to see the Shark Boy and Lava Girl sequel just so Taylor Lautner makes a comeback. Yes. Yeah, we're only in this for Taylor Lautner. He seems cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did the fucking, uh, yeah, the, the Netflix sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. The only reason I want to watch that movie is because of Daddy Pedro. Oh, yeah, he's in that too. <laughs> Taylor Lautner's energy as an actor and just as a person in general always comes off as just, I'm just happy to be here. And I kind of love that about him. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves the world. I hope he gets his own little renaissance like Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are getting. Yeah. We oh, need yeah. all three of them on a reunion project that has nothing to do with vampires or werewolves. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Channel KRT. I woke up at 3 a.m. and that's my sleep paralysis demon, along with Celine Dion. <laughs> I usually have to be awake by 3 a.m. Yay! I'm so sorry. You could win a vacation at Disneyland if you can afford a trip to Disneyland. All you have to do is give all that precious money to this thing.